This is Eric, and joining me on this episode is Drew Herbst, a native of the Bronx, New York. He currently resides just outside Washington, D.C., where he runs his personal training and event marketing ventures. Drew, welcome to the show. How's it going, man? Good. How about you? Hey, the pleasure is all mine, man, with the pandemic and everything going on, man. I know we're all getting pulled in different directions, man, but... um, for those of us who made it to see another day, I think that's a good thing. Oh, yeah, definitely. With all this stuff going on, yeah, it is. All right, Drew. So let me ask this, man. What's your take on where we are today with, with the whole set of social issues and, and unrest, as they call it? And, and like I said before, man, I, I'm so over the use of that, that term, that unrest, because we, we didn't ask for this. We didn't create this, right? What's your take on where we are right now? My take on where we are right now is police unions have way too much power for police chiefs to get rid of some of these officers that don't need to be officers. That's the problem. I mean, they're handcuffed. I know a lot of frat that's police. I have friends that are police. So, yeah, a lot of them are handcuffed. So when you have people like Derek Chauvin, who never should have been a cop, based on the fact he had 18 complaints against him already and the fact that there were issues between him and George Floyd at the, the, um, you know, the bar slash, you know, venue they worked at, you know, that should have never happened. And the other problem is this background checks need to really be taken seriously. They don't do background checks on these guys that become cops the way they need to. So to me, everybody's social media should be part of the background check. Because that's where a lot of them post these racist rants and other things. And anybody who makes any, you know, any comment about another race or gender automatically should be disqualified from being a cop. And the other problem is you have people that become police officers. You know, you may have somebody from one neighborhood, but they're going to put them in another one. Why not put them back in the same community they're from where somebody will take the time to get to know his community or her community? Yeah, you know. You know, you're supposed to take an oath to serve and protect. And I don't I don't think that oath says to, you know, serve and protect white people or brown people. Some reform is definitely needed. It's hard for reform to take place when you have the idiot at the top, supposed leader of this country that doesn't believe in it. And you have other people in his administration saying there's we don't believe there's systemic racism. Yes, there is. And there always has been. So they want to sit there and continue to be blind to this fact. So if they're blind to this fact, they're not going to make any change. And I mean, what was it, three, four years ago where, you know, Agent Orange decided to have a conversation in front of police saying, oh, when you throw them into the paddy wagon, don't don't help them, just rough them up. I mean, you're telling cops to rough people up, which they've already been doing. And that's, that, that's why I don't see them making reform. I mean, Democrats can try and push it, but the GOP wants to act like it's not really even there. And I hate to make it on a political, but the GOP is pretty much all white, except for Senator Scott out of South Carolina. But he's not going to speak up and do anything. He's going to fall in line and say the same thing. 
Just like, you know, people like, I'm not even going to say her name, but, you know, the clown conservative that always wants to disparage the black community, you know who I'm talking about. That's, that's the problem. And I don't know that it's about color. I think it's just about the views and, and, and the beliefs and the hypocrisy, really. You know, I, I was talking to someone and this person said, you know, this violence isn't going to solve anything. And I'm like, well, what violence are you talking about? The, the violence from the police or the, the people attempting to defend themselves? Well, all the rioting and the stuff, it's not going to solve anything. I said, well, what solves the problem then? What, what do you think solves the problem? I don't know. But this won't solve it. That comes a level of ignorance and the, the, they're not even thinking straight and they want to be blind to everything. The people that were initiating most of the violence were the cops. And you also had people like, I mean, yeah, there, and you had some people from Antifa out there. They're not the boogeyman like people keep trying to say Antifa's behind everything. You had white supremacists out there. You had Proud Boys out there who might as well be supremacists. Bunk, uh, Boogaloo, I forget the name of them. They were out there. You had QAnon out there. You had other groups out there starting stuff. And I've seen videos of cops slashing people's tires and cops breaking their own, you know, destroying their own vehicle to make it seem like the, the protesters were doing it. And then it was one thing people trying to say that, oh, well, you know, look at what, look what BLM did to this grave, this cemetery. It sprayed BLM and they destroyed headstones. Um, I'm sorry, but um, black people are not going to the cemetery to destroy headstones. <laughs> that that's that's something that probably white people did i you know because yeah they're 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 gonna go into the cemetery and make it look like that and there have been a lot of white people out there spraying blm all over the place you know so saying that saying it's the the rioters causing most of this no most of these people have been peaceful but again you know have some people gotten violent yeah people are fed up the police are the ones that initiate a lot of this violence and, it, you know, again, like they say, you know, you can have a thousand good cops and 10 bad ones, but a thousand good ones don't want to turn into 10 bad ones. Then how are you good? You're not making a difference and not making a change. You know, you just hit the nail on the head because that's exactly what was going on, man. I remember growing up in Chicago and there were so many different organized crime units with just within some of these public organizations. It wasn't even funny, man. But let me recall a quote that is, is floating around um, social media now. When the looting starts, the shooting starts. Walter Headley, police chief of Miami. I, I um, ordered the police to fire live rounds on protesters and Trump repeated it. When you have this mentality, like you said, coming from the top down, it, it makes it difficult. I love some of the content that I've seen you post because you're not just putting commentary out there you put facts and figures and i was like man this <laughs> this is what you got to do but you know what most of the a lot of these people want to ignore the facts they want to ignore facts because i hate to say it but trump supporters don't like facts as soon as you put out facts they want to call you a liberal or some other stuff oh yeah you know the other thing people forget about trump's always been a racist his dad and him were sued by the city of new york for not allowing anybody who was a minority to live in the apartment buildings that they built and owned. Then on top of that, you're talking about the same idiot that called for the, you know, took out an ad calling for the execution of the Central Park Five, who were found innocent. And to this day, he's still saying they're guilty, even though the guy who admitted to the rape of the jogger in Central Park and the DNA match, he still wants to claim these people were guilty. But, you know, people want to say he's not a racist, but 
the way he talks about white people versus black and brown people, it's night and day. You know, I don't even think that's up for debate. I mean, I think what's really happening is um, those people that subscribe to these hate-filled views, they're just coming out in the open. They feel like they're justified. They're authorized. Hey, come on out. Hate whoever you want to hate. Let's just do it. Because what is the worst that can happen by equally educating everyone in your state? Let's just pick a state, <laughs> you know, that has all kinds of issues, infrastructure, economics. What's the worst that can happen if you educate 50% more of that population? They're educated. <laughs> That's the word. I love it. The worst that can happen is that they're educated. Um, I, you know, I, I, I went to college in Mississippi and man, it might, my, my takeaway from that is that state would rather uneducate the masses than adequately educate African Americans is evident, you know, and I call them out. And, but the way they get away with this, at one point there was an election to determine if we were going to get rid of the Confederate flag and all in the media, all you saw were African-Americans on the news saying, I don't see any problem with the flag. And I'm just like, man, you know, uh, we're just going to have to come back in 50 years and, 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 and revisit this scenario because it's the people from the top down putting this stuff out there and everybody else is just consuming it without doing any research. And, and I think that's dangerous. That's no different than people want to say that the anthem is great. The anthem was written by Francis Scott Key, who was a slave owner, who was this mad about the slaves being freed, but they never played the third verse of the uh, anthem, and third verse calls for the slaughter of slaves and let their foul footsteps wash ashore. Thank you. Thank you. I had someone, it, another colleague, hey, man, I, I just don't appreciate disrespecting the anthem. I said, before we have this conversation, I want you to Google it. I said, have you heard the third verse? I may have just asked them how many verses are there. They didn't, they didn't even know. And I said, there's three verses. Google it. Read the third one and tell me what you think that means. It was 30 minutes of silence. Mm -hmm. Person sat right next to me. It's 30 minutes of silence. And well, I just, I, I try to treat everybody right. See, you know, now it's, you not about that. it's not about that, man. You need to really understand. Can you imagine being a black kid in Chicago, having to stand up every day, recite the Pledge of Allegiance and sing that song? Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> let me explain to you what this is really about, man. But, you know, speaking about the, the anthem and everything, <laughs> I'm just wondering what Colin Kaepernick is saying now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I would just love to spend five minutes with this brother and say, <laughs> how did you know? My thing is, like, Goodell just came out with that statement, but where were you three, four years ago? Who cares about now? You should have done that three to four years ago, knowing that this is what Kaepernick was taking the knee for. And everybody seems to forget Kaepernick used to not take a knee. He sat down until Green Beret Nate Boyer told him, don't sit, take a knee like we do in the field for a fallen soldier. That's showing the sign of respect. So that's when Kaepernick started taking the knee. So Cadell took three to four years way too long to do anything. At this point in time, do I think Kaepernick can play in the league? I think he's still got the skill set to play, but any team's going to hire him? No. But if the NFL wanted to do right, put him in charge of social media and public relations. That's yeah. where you put Kaepernick at. Definitely. Um, there's a place for his vision in the NFL, in athletics. 
this is an opportunity for other organizations to follow suit, right? Because the question that will be asked ultimately is, where do you want to fall on this side of history for this particular issue, right? But I'm just still amazed at how many of these places of business have donated so much cash to our president. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Them two? Like, like, like Chick-fil-A? Yeah. Home Depot? Yeah, a lot of these places. I love another quote, man. You know, if you're silent, you're part of the problem. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but here's the question, though. What's the problem with not talking about the problem? You're you know, ignoring the problem. You're ignoring if the you're problem, silent, right? You're ignoring the problem. You're not taking this head on and you're not doing anything to affect change. You sitting back being quiet means you really don't even care. You just want to sit back and let things be the way they are. And things the way they are are not right. It's not working. But, you know, all lives matter. You know? No, they don't. <laughs> until, until Black Lives Matter, all lives don't matter. So here's, this is what I say to all lives matter people. It's like, well, if all lives matter, you would have been out there protesting, you know, and if all lives matter, prove it. You only bring these comments up when we're trying to protest something that's affecting us. And this is the thing that I even had to come to grips with. I mean, it's not just African-Americans. There are so many Americans that are speaking out against the crap that's happening. We just need to hear more of those stories, I guess is what I want to say. That's why I'm trying to reach out to as many people that have this view, that have firsthand account of what's going on in these communities, but not only what's hurting, but what's helping as well, right? And you, you had a GoFundMe program that you're trying to get off the ground to help first responders get the mask and the PPE equipment that they need. Tell us about that. So I was able to raise, I mean, a decent amount of money, um, not as much as I hope, because I understand people were struggling with the pandemic and not and being out of work. So I was able to raise enough money to send surgical masks, KN95s to at least seven hospitals and nursing homes. You know, we think about the hospitals and nurses and doctors, but the nursing homes got hit pretty hard with this, right? Yeah. Those residents are in the high-risk category to begin with. Mm-hmm. Even if you just equip the, the employees to prevent the spread, right? I mean, that's making a significant difference, man. Did you get any feedback from this effort? Yeah, I mean, I sent it to Frat, his hospital in uh, Alexandria, a couple sororers at hospitals in Detroit and other people, and they were all very, very thankful for it. And, you know, of course, there were some people here, where'd you get the mask from? China. Oh, why are you buying from China? Um, because China was charging a dollar versus people charging five to 15 here. So I'm going to go for more bang for the buck to get as many masks as I can to send them out. I commend you for um, the work that you're doing, man, and for speaking up and speaking out, man. When you see something, say something, but then you take it to that next level and you actually do something. I hope that becomes as contagious as this whole COVID-19 virus. I hope people continue to see the good things that you're doing. You're trying to help people stay healthy with the physical training, trying to help them get educated about how to take care of themselves. And you're actually doing stuff, man. Hats off to you. I mean, and like I said, if if there is anything you have going on that we can help promote, man, please reach out. Uh, We would love to do that, man. Um, What's next for you? So next for me is um, with the marketing, the event marketing, that business, you know, we set up concerts and comedy shows for clients, but COVID-19 pretty much killed all that. And, you know, with everything going on, we don't know if that's coming back this year or maybe even, you know, in the next year. 
because they're not going to be any mass gatherings. So what we're doing is we're actually looking to pivot some of that to online content we're working on now. So whenever that comes through, then I can go ahead and talk to you about that. So right now, I mean, it's, we got to keep it quiet with some of the deals we're working on. Also, I have a friend out of Vegas. They make CBD infused popcorn. Oh, wow. Okay. So we're actually <laughs> looking to help them push that because CBD is legal in all 50 states and it helps people with anxiety, stress, depression, insomnia, um, pain. I yep. love it. Thank you for uh, stopping by to talk to us today, man. And, and like I said, we wish you well with your endeavors. And if there's anything we can do to help promote what you have going on, man, don't hesitate to get in touch with us, okay? Definitely. Thank you for having me. Thought, thought, session. session. Thought, session. Thought, session.